Yo, what's up guys? Welcome to episode number 26 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I am your host, Ben Brown, and today I interview Josh Hillis from OneByOneNutrition.com. Josh began in fitness as a personal trainer and kettlebell instructor, but over the last 14 years has evolved into a food habits coach. While movement is always his first love, it's clear that food, particularly food skills, were the keys to getting his clients the results they wanted. Josh is Chief People Officer of One by One Nutrition. He's the author of Fat Loss Happens on Monday with Dan John. He's an item writer for NASM, CPT, and PES exams, food habits columnist for Strength Matters Magazine, and a regular speaker at Strength Matters Summit and Elite Fitness Performance Summit. In our conversation, in our amazing and enlightening conversation today. Josh and I chop it up about habit-based nutrition, which they now call skills-based nutrition. And we talk about kind of all of those things uh, that help us manage the quantity of food that we're consuming on a daily basis. And what I mean by that is over at One by One, they have developed an extensive list of skills revolving around our food, what we eat, when we eat, why we eat it, how we uh, acknowledge the emotions and behaviors associated with all of those things, and how it ties into weight loss, uh, better energy, um, all of those, all of those kinds of things that all of us are struggling with. And so it's it's far beyond just the quality, the quantity, the ratios of food, weighing and measuring, and it's it's really tying into this skills-based approach to nutrition. Um, that I think you're going to enjoy. So let's dig in. And when you find that aha, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to write it down and I want you to start to implement it. And at the very least, head on over to OneByOneNutrition.com and check out the stuff that Josh and Georgie and uh, the crew over there are up to. You know, I've had several of their coaches on the show at this point. And as you know, I'm a firm believer in habit-based nutrition because we know that fad diets just don't work. And so, like I said, I want you to find that aha. I guarantee that there's something very tangible in this interview for you to take with you and roll with. And assuming you do, then share this podcast with someone that you also think can be helpful for and leave us a positive review on iTunes. And that's really the the best thing that you can do for us to help get the Smart Nutrition Made Simple message out there because more people need it. More people need it, guys. So I'm ever so grateful to have you here with us and I hope you enjoy the show. Josh Hillis, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. What's going on in your world? Uh, well, um, you know, writing a bunch, writing a bunch of content for um, for the One by One Nutrition blog, writing a bunch of internal content, writing other writing projects, lots of writing, um, lots of clients, and a little bit of going to school. So. So, so your whole deal, like your guys' whole philosophy at One by One Nutrition and and to preface that is is one of the co-owners, Georgie Fear, of One by One, and one of the main coaches. We had her on the podcast a, yeah. a while back, so you guys are going to have to go in and check out that podcast because it was awesome. But but your she's guys' whole philosophy, she's amazing. She's really switched on. And um, anyway, so so <laughs> your guys' whole philosophy is on habit based nutrition. Yeah. Would you mind diving into what exactly habit-based nutrition is and, and why is it really relevant at this day and age? Oh, that's a great question. So um, it's, it's funny because like, um, like, like you, I started as a trainer and slowly was like, hey, you know what? Nutrition seems to almost matter at least as much as the workouts, if not more. And then we kind of set separately, George and I both kind of came to the conclusion like, hey, there's these behaviors that seem to drive that that seem to be even more important than um, the exact like number of grams of each macro, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and a lot of that's just driven by looking at behavioral weight loss trials, like looking at the research on, on what behaviors are making a difference for people to lose weight. And so habit, um, habit-based weight loss was kind of like if, if you look at the research, it's all just called like behavioral weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and habit-based nutrition was like our, was like our slang for that um, up until about two years ago. And that, now we're actually saying skill-based nutrition. Cool. And, um, and it's kind of this idea that like, if, if there are these things that we know work really well for weight loss, like eating slower or eating without screens or uh, waiting till they're hungry to eat or eating meals, not snacks. There are all these things that make people way more full and way more satisfied. They end up eating less calories overall. Then we can practice those like skills. And the cool thing coming from like a, like a training perspective or a gym perspective is that people kind of get that like if they practice their kettlebell swings like three times a week, they'll get better at kettlebell swings. And it's the same thing with something like eating slower, right? That like if they practice it a few times a week, they get better. And it's a completely different experience from like, here's this list of magic foods or here's this like meal plan or here's this diet or whatever. And you've got to like white knuckle holding on for as long as you can versus like, here's a bunch of skills we're going to practice. And the more you practice them, the better you're going to get. And this, this whole process gets easier when you have all the skills. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the conventional wisdom is in, in the nutrition, you know, with nutrition in the industry for weight loss is, is exactly that. It's like, okay, well, I'm not losing or I want to lose weight and therefore I need to do keto or I need to do intermittent fasting or I need yeah. to, you know, um, go low carb or, or some sort of specific regimen. And you guys have kind of shifted the tables and, and started to say, well, that it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just that, but there's certain skills involved in each of these uh, yeah. diets that help people be successful. And exactly. so what are kind of, what are the resounding or the most common skills that people need to implement in order to be successful? So we have five core skills that, that generally we have everyone do. Um, and they are uh, eating three to four meals, with no snacks. Uh, which is one of my absolute favorites. Cause the cool thing um, is that when people are eating like satisfying meals, like they, they end up consuming less calories and they're more satisfied and their meals are better. But also we get to deal with all the things around um, all the things around like, why are they sacking? Are they bored? Are they sad? Are they lonely? Are they tired? Are they, you know, like we get to handle all that stuff yeah. and it's great. Um, so three to four meals, no snacks. Um, eating mostly whole foods is kind of like obvious, like generally, like if you eat, um, if you eat stuff that's more obviously healthy, then it's typically more filling. And, and that's about as much magic as there really is to that. And, um, and the mostly part is, is really kind of freeing for a lot of people that yeah. it isn't like an all the time thing. Um, then waiting till hungry to eat is another one that kind of goes along with uh, three to four meals, no snacks, mm -hmm. which is uh, sometimes we have clients that are eating because they're afraid to be hungry. Like they'll eat extra to make sure that they don't get hungry or we'll get clients that like have never been hungry or we'll get clients that are hungry all the time. And none of those situations really work super well. And so we can, we can dial people into like, you know what? It's pretty normal to be hungry for like a half hour before your next meal. Like that's, that's actually fine. That, that's yeah. cool. If you're hungry three hours before your next meal, then like, that's not enough. At some point you're going to snap <laughs> like that. That doesn't work. Um, so, uh, and then eating just enough is probably like our, our favorite. It's kind of like one of our crown jewel skills of essentially like paying attention to how full you're getting during a meal. And um, that's one that I see that it's, it's one of the most important, one of the most impactful, one of the most powerful skills a person can have if they can actually notice when they're getting full and stop then. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes a lot of practice, could take six months or a year to get, like, to get that dialed in. Um, there's a bunch of sub skills that go into that, right? Like not everyone just like, oh, I, you know, and um and that's a, but that's the thing that we can work on. And when someone has that, then they're kind of like set for life. Then they're, that's like changes everything. Um, and then the last one is actually portion size, like pre-portioning foods ahead of time. So pre-portioning foods ahead of time is, is kind of like the, the companion skill to eating just enough where it's like, like Georgie's is the example of, of trying on shoes that, um, if you're going to buy shoes, you're going to try on a bunch of shoes and see which one fits, but you're not going to try on every size of shoes. 
Right. You know, like I'm probably going to try on like a 10 and a half, an 11, an 11 and a half. And it's always one of those three, you know, and it's okay if it's an 11 and a half in that size or that, or in that style or whatever. Right. But, um, but I'm not just like, I'm not starting from, from, from nowhere. Yeah. Right. So those are our core five skills and they all work together in a really neat way. Like they all kind of like inform each other. Like, like you can use, um, if you're, if you're eating just enough, You'll get hungry right about 30 minutes before the next meal, right? And if you eat too much, you won't. If you eat too little, you'll be hungry too soon. Or if you snack, um, then you'll probably, you know, like it all, yeah. it's all. Yeah, so those, are, those, are, those are huge. And, and like I was talking to you earlier as I had read both yours and George's mm-hmm. books, not, not too far apart. And they were kind of revolutionary in terms of the way that I started uh, you know, how I was coaching clients and really trying to move away from the, the macros, the calories, the weighing and measuring paradigm that we're all so very familiar with right. and liberating in that way. Now, what's, what's kind of some of the methodology that you use in, in order to implement these? And, and in other words, how do you get people to shift their mindset away from I need a set plan. I, I have to know how much I should be eating and make them okay with, with giving them less tangible information uh, in order to, you know, move them towards their goals. Uh, that's a great question. Okay. So the, the first thing is um, if a client's really concerned about, about what to eat, then I like to go right into portion size and, and we can start there and, and you know, however you want to do portion size, um, you should do it somehow. But I mean, I mean, it, it could just be like half the plates, vegetables, quarter of the plates, protein, quarter of the plates, carbohydrates, and yeah, like a tablespoon of fat. Right. Or it could be like the, the palm of protein or the fist of, yeah. you know, like, like, like people can have those sort of like reference points to start from. And then they don't, then they don't feel like they're starting from nowhere. They're like, okay, I do have things I can do. And then you have all the questions like, well, then what is protein? And what is like, you get all that stuff sorted. Um, and what's cool. So between that and eating mostly whole foods, and we get to talk about like what a continuum whole foods are and like not to get too stressed about it, how that's not the thing. Um, between that, they actually have enough information to go from there. So the, the trick is no one comes to us as like the first thing that they're doing to lose weight, we're, we're never anyone's first stop. Like, like never. Mm-hmm. Like the average client we get has probably done 10 to 15 diets. I mean, like we're, we're like way down the line. They've failed it, failed. They've, they've had a, a, a bunch of experiences where they felt like they failed. And so I like to go back to that and say like, oh, okay, so you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. What do they all have in common? And they're like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they have anything in common. I'm like, well, most ones you, most of the diets you mentioned have like they, they emphasize some protein, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They all have protein. And it seems like most of them had like vegetables, right? And like, yeah, 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 yeah. They all have vegetables. Um, and so we can get at like, so maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't the the differences that you're being marketed to. Maybe they all like they all worked for a while, and what worked about them was these like really basic things that are pretty common sense. And then what didn't work was this rigidity and this like rigidity rule-based thing. At some point, your life changed. At some point you got stressed out or your kid got sick or you got a promotion at work or who knows what happened. At some point your life changed and you couldn't maintain the perfect rigid rule-based thing. And because your rigid rule-based diet couldn't couldn't flex with that it it would never like there's no way it can sustain you for for a lifetime and so that's where we go into but skills are flexible and here's why we use them to manage different changing life things and and so that's a conversation that we have in the beginning and that's a conversation that we probably have maybe every week for the first month and that's a conversation we probably have every month for the first six months right and then and then when it clicks people are never the same Right. They're like, oh, wow, I could use these skills and be successful at any diet or I could use these skills and be successful without a diet or, I, you know. Yeah, because you're getting them to overcome that. The, the belief system around there's, there's sort of a perfect food, there's a perfect yeah. plan, there's a perfect quantity that they should be shooting for all the time. And, yeah. And that's what I love so much about the skills and, and 
I like how you express that you could really start someone wherever they're ready to yeah. to dive in. It's no it's no necessarily no set order of yeah. skills to implement. It's like, hey, if you're ready to go into portions, dude, and you already have you know, you already eat whole foods and you're you're already pretty regimented with your meal timings, you know, then let let's just jump right into the portion sizes. Yeah. Pro pro tip for, um, for trainers and coaches that are listening, like to use kind of like a self-determination theory approach or like a motivational learning approach, um, give people options. Like, like don't give them too many, but it's really cool to be like, here's, you know what, from what I'm hearing, um, from what you're saying, I think one of these three skills would make a really big difference for you and explaining what those skills are and then letting them pick and trusting that they actually know themselves. They know their life better than I do. Yeah, that's a good one. And then like, hey, which one of these do you think you'd be most confident implementing yeah. tomorrow and just crushing? Yeah. Nice. Exactly. So, so you had um talked about uh, you had talked about how one of the issues around some of these skills is the the emotions, the people, you know, emotions, mm. people's behaviors, you know, what is it like, what are the, what are the consistent emotions and behaviors that we see for people that have struggled, yo-yoed and tried 10 or 15 different diets that keep coming to the surface um, when you start working with them? Um. Sadness, loneliness, stress, boredom are probably the ones that jump out the, the most, you know, and like, like stress and boredom. Um, a lot of times people snack at work because like snacking is the only time they give themselves a break and really they just need a break. And if they, you know, and that's, I'm, but I mean, that shows up over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. Or, um, or I've got the client that like you have a client whose spouse travels for work and when their spouse is out of town, they get lonely and they eat a bunch more food than they normally would or that they even want, you know? Um, and then also just like everything from like being sad, lonely, angry. Yeah. It's, it really comes down to, um, experiential avoidance. Right. And it's, and it's this, it's this concept from acceptance commitment therapy that, that um, we aren't comfortable. We have this thing in our society kind of, that I'm extrapolating a little bit out, but we have kind of like a thing in our society where um, everyone's supposed to be like a shiny, happy, perfect person all the time. And a lot of people are a lot less comfortable with, um, with having those emotions than maybe they used to be before they had like a never ending, like, Instagram scroll of people's totally. perfect lives. And, um, and so it's just this mat, this matter, like there's a lot of different ways to approach it, but one of the, one of the, one of the foundational things for approaching it is just being like, it's really normal as a human to have all these emotions and like, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be angry and it's okay to be lonely and it's okay to be disappointed and it's okay to be frustrated. And, um, and we create this, this thing where people can work on acceptance of their thoughts and emotions and they can work on changing their behaviors and skills. And that's, that's the 30,000 foot view of, of how that works. <laughs> so, so how do you get people to identify with these behaviors? Like, so when you implement a new skill, you're like, here's what you need to be aware of because this is stuff that's happening when you... Yeah it's you know it's only been two hours since your last meal and you probably had enough to eat but you're feeling like you're hungry are you really feeling like you're hungry so or is it something else is it stress boredom loneliness right so yeah. how do you get people to identify with those and then what steps do you take to get them to start to overcome those great question um so you can you can take like a filter perspective where um where people like filter like okay i feel like i'm hungry um where do i feel this in my body do i feel it in my stomach do i feel like like a lot of times people will be like oh i'm hungry and then when they check they're like oh i've got a headache or i'm tired right or um or you can look at it like are you hungry for food in general or are you hungry for like a really specific thing like if it's a really specific thing and just that then that's probably just a craving mm. um or the other thing is um can i wait you know, like if, if you're hungry, 
then hunger builds, whereas like cravings and those kinds of things can, can fade. Yeah. And so those are some really simple ways. Just look at like, Hey, what's going on here? Um, and then if it is something like, uh, something like an emotion or like stress or, or, or whatever, then the two ways we approach that are we approach it from like a, like a self-care perspective like, is there something I actually need and can I actually give myself that thing that I need? Like, I'm just in the habit of using food, but and that really, I've had so many clients where they were used to eating it at work for a break and they just take a walk around the building and like they take a walk around the building and they actually get like more of a break than they got from the food. And, you know, like that's, it's such an easy, simple switch. Um, but also that isn't always practical. Um, the other end of the spectrum is, uh, things like diffusion and self as context also from acceptance commitment therapy where people start to notice like, Hey, I'm not my thoughts and my thoughts aren't the truth or a command or urgent or like if someone's got, if someone's um, using food to avoid uh, certain emotions, then they're having these thoughts where they're like, like it isn't okay to have this feeling or I need to eat right now or I'm terrible or what, whatever. And it's a matter of getting some, like a little bit of distance from that. Like, Oh, I'm having the thought that blank or, um, or there's a, there's a really cool metaphor called monsters on a bus, which is like you're a bus driver and you're driving this bus and sometimes really nice passengers get on the bus and they tell you nice things and, and they're really cool and they say hello and goodbye and, and they get on, get off whenever they want. And sometimes you get these monsters on the bus and the monsters will get on the bus and scream at you that you're like ugly and terrible and stupid. And they'll tell you like, you have to turn here. Like they're super mad or whatever. Right. And the, of course these are our thoughts and that we don't have any control over like what gets on the bus and for how long, <laughs> but we can keep driving the bus. Right. And so um, that's kind of like a silly metaphor, but it, it can really make a difference for people to be like, Oh, that's just like, that's just the monsters on the bus and I'm the driver and that's not me. And what do I want to do with this? Like, like, do I need to put in some self care? Do I have some time to put in some self care or do I just realize like, Hey, right now I feel bad and it's okay to feel bad. Um, do I say like, okay, I feel bad right now, but I want to participate in this thing at work or I want to participate and hang out with my kids or, or whatever. And they can separate their actions from their thoughts. Yeah. I like that a lot. So in your book, in your book and something that you just made me think of, but in your book, fat loss happens on Monday. Um, you talk about, the prepositions and the significance of the prepositions. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 I just thought oh. that was really, could, could you, could you elaborate on sort of what that, I, th- I, I think that was Dan's chapter. That was definitely oh, was Dan's it? chapter. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and it, it, it was to the degree that it, the preposition is, is like a rabbit by a log and yeah. like we can be in it or on it or around it or under it or beside it. And, and this translates into the type of people that we surround ourselves with, our social oh, support yeah, yeah, system, yeah, our yeah, community. Yeah. And so kind of we are our prepositions. And yeah. How significant our social support system is to our long-term success. And I'll get to one other thing in a yeah. minute. But I guess since I brought that up, how yeah. do you help people within the scope of your guys' practice uh, basically create the right environment for success? That's a huge question. Um, that's a huge, huge question. Um, some of the things are easier and some of the things are harder, right? Like creating, creating a physical environment for success is actually a lot easier, right? Like, like what are you going to have in the kitchen? What are you going to have in your house? What are you going to bring with you to work? Um, which, which honestly are like, are, are super important. Like that it's such low hanging fruit. Like it's such an easy way to make people's lives entirely easier. Um, you know, things like, like instead of bringing home a bag of cookies, like if you want a cookie, go to the bakery and get one or two and bring it home and eat it. Right. Or, um, or have your dessert like in a social setting versus sitting in front of the TV and like, like those kinds of, those kinds of environmental things are, um, super easy and super powerful, right? Like I, I know, um, 
a lot of Brian Wansink stuff actually just got discredited, but I still think it's, it's, <laughs> I still think it's awesome. It still totally works. Uh, but his, his lab did a million things on that forever. And, and those things all definitely work. Um, the other, the other side, the social side is tougher, right? And that's where yeah. you get into like, what does it look like to have honest conversations about this stuff? And, and like, like that's that's kind of like a big thing like what does it look like to have a really honest conversation with your spouse about like hey here's this thing that i'm trying to do yeah and i kind of need help and can we make these changes and would that be okay and really support me and and or sometimes i get really stressed out and i overeat and like can you maybe help me out with the kids when i can we maybe have a code word or whatever right. or like you know those are all um really effective and also like like vulnerable right those are like vulnerable conversations to have and um and so then you get into like now we're talking about skills for like having a straight conversation yeah <laughs> you know um which now an interesting thing so um so my my jam going back to school for psych psychology is contextual behavioral science and um and that that's generally like acceptance commitment therapy and dialectical behavior therapy are these are these therapies that kind of hinge on this this dialectic between acceptance and change and um dialectical behavior therapy actually has like one of the four components of it is teaching social skills mm -hmm. and it's neat because like oh wow everything in life gets better if we can have like really straight conversations and if we can be vulnerable and ask for what we need and like not demand and and so it's you know yeah that's another huge can of worms but it's but it's but it, it's important right it's incredibly important and and <laughs> and within the realm of social support and yes certainly with your spouse but something i see a lot is mm. well you know one of the things that you talk friends, about social yeah, events friends. Yeah. and and right, we know there's 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 both pleasure and pain associated with accomplishing your goals, right? With yeah. your goals, and and people may not realize that hey, if if you reach these goals, you may not be friends with the same people anymore, right? And, that can happen. And is that something that you're willing to experience subconsciously? Is it something that you're willing to experience? And I'll give you an example: is um, I work. Um, with a company and we do some corporate wellness. And one of the things I'm seeing consistently is, and I don't know if this is a driver or not, but it's just something that I thought of, but specifically with smokers. Um, and it's the same along the same oh, wavelength, yeah. but it's like, Hey, this same group of people goes out to smoke every single, every day. single day, 10 times. Yeah. A day. And what happens if one of these people you know, if they decide to stop smoking, what's going to happen with the relationship with the group, especially if, if their relationship is so associated with, uh, you know, positive feelings of well-being yeah. and communication and, and all of those types of things. Well, what happens to them? And, and same by that same degree is, yeah. you know, with, let's just say that the people you hang out with, right, we go get beer and wings every single Sunday and watch football and get drunk. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen when you you tell them, Hey guys, look, you know, I, I love watching the game, but I just can't be around you right now because I can't consume to, you know, 5,000 calories of junk food and alcohol right? based on, you know, my goals. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have an easy answer for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It's, you know, like, 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 like we know how important social, um, like, like our, like our social group is right. We, we know that that's actually like, like a component of our health is, is our relationships. And, um, and it's, it's interesting. It's so, so it's, it's interesting, like for all the flack that the CrossFit gets, um, and I'm, I have my issues with, with CrossFit also, but like, but at the same time, they do an amazing job of creating community around a certain, on some, on some values and people all of a sudden have like a, like an amazing social group with these really deep bonds with a bunch of people that have like the same values and the same goals it makes everything super easy. Um, and that's amazing. Right. And, um, you know, but like, like again, like we know that we tend to conform to our social group and a person really could outline their values and look at like, who are the people in my life that, that match these values and who are the people that don't? And who are the people that like do on some things and don't on other things and aren't going to 
aren't going to press about the differences, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, like I know, I know I've had some clients that could go to that thing with their, with their friends and their friends are like, sweet, whatever. I'm, I'm going to, you know, drink, you know, and everyone's fine and they're doing their thing and, and they, you know, and other friends were like, that's a, that's like a friend ending issue. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, but that's, that's the fun part about like outlining our values and like trying to true up our, our actions to match those values for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Good. It, well, and that goes in the value of community. We talk about it a lot because yeah. every single successful program has a strong, so every successful, well, we'll, we'll just say weight loss program, but it, it, it's certainly business and, 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 um, and life as well. But every successful weight loss program has a strong element of community. And, yeah. and so I think that's really, really relevant is, is kind of you are who you're surrounding yourself with. And if it's someone that's going to call you names and, and, you know, give you a hard time about not eating pizza and drinking beer or whatever, then it's probably someone that doesn't, shouldn't belong in that, you know, in that network and isn't serving you well. Right. Like that's going to be something that's going to make everything harder forever. Yeah. Now, now do, I'll, I'll take it a little, we're getting, we're getting deep, so I'll, I'll come and bring it back up surface level stuff here. Um, you had talked, and I don't know if you still feel this way, but you talked a lot about the value of journaling. Do you, yeah. You still feel as strongly about no, journaling? No, not, not at oh, all. Okay, cool. Not even a little bit. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So, um, so here's the thing. I hung my hat on food journaling for about a decade. And um, the problem with it was that the way that I was using it with my clients isn't the way that most people hear about it and then use it with themselves. And I realized that without me there to influence it, it um, a lot of times it, it uh, was a bad thing. It was a really bad thing, especially for people that have issues with emotional eating um, or, or severely restrictive dieting. It's, it's bad. So what I was doing with the food journal was as I would feel write down everything that they wrote, uh, everything that they ate, and then we'd sit down and we'd talk about it and we would try and pick out the behaviors. So we're trying to pick out the habits and skills. Yep. But like, just like that like constant grinding against, like for them it's about the food mm-hmm. and I'm looking for the behaviors and the habits. And, um, and so it got to the point where it's like, how can we, how can we not deal with that at all and just go right to the behaviors and skills? And so that could look like, that could look like, uh, we've got an assessment that, that Georgie wrote. That's amazing that our clients fill out online. And from there we can usually pick out the habits, um, or the skills. I've like, I've also done it the other way where I just listen to them talk about, um, especially with my, my one-on-one clients, so I'll just let them talk about what they've done and what's worked and what hasn't worked. And I'll show them like our core five skills. And I'll be like, so it sounds like this, this, and this is missing. Like, how do we, how about we start with one of those? And so now we track behaviors. They can still journal behaviors. They can journal. I've had clients journal their feelings and hunger and times. Like they can journal all that kind of stuff. Um, and all that stuff helps. I like tracking things, but uh, tracking the food seems to be a, rabbit hole that people go down where they start judging and grading their food and they, they focus on the wrong things. And they, the issue there is they really do try and like white knuckle and like force themselves to eat the perfect thing until they eat the slightly wrong thing and then they explode and give up for a week. And um, we get less of that working with the behaviors. Yeah, because the reality is if someone has the skills, they're going to be less likely to judge themselves when they eat something that is less than ideal. You yeah. Know? And, then, and then they journal and they're like, okay, whatever. I, you know, I had, I had some birthday cake and, and yeah. a couple drinks as opposed to someone who's just getting started where they're going to be a lot more likely to uh, judge themselves based on their behavior. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I've, I had a client um, a couple weeks ago that was running around, running errands, picked up her kid between like three clients that she had and picked her kid up at a birthday party and was like, I need to eat. They've got pizza. I can eat two slices of pizza and a salad. And she did. And that was it. Right. 
like she was, she was fine. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's one of those things where like, regardless of, of the content of the meal, like you can eat, you can eat the right amount or, or a healthy amount. And obviously that's easier with mostly whole foods. And obviously most of our meals, we want it to be kind of balanced, but like having people not get freaked out. Yeah. You know, and to have her be able to just go, yeah, it's, it's so, and it's so freeing for her. It's such a different experience of her entire life. You know, I mean, like, look at these clients that have talked about like feeling bad after every meal that they've had since they were 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the stress that goes yeah. into that. And, 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 you know, most people's perspective is like, yeah. I was running around. I didn't have time to prep food. I had a couple slices of pizza and I blew it. Right. So whatever, I'm going to go eat ice cream and I'm going to, you know, yeah. let it go. And, and it's like, whatever. I'll start again next week. Exactly. <laughs> I'll start again next week. So, <laughs> and, and, and so that's, so, so where, um, so what objective measures do you use? So what objective measures do you use to help track these skills then for people? Like, like an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Where they've got the skills that they're working on down one side and the days along the other. And they just check off the boxes for the, the ones that they hit that day. And um, sometimes they'll put like, I hit some of them this day or, or whatever. But like you end up with like a, like a checkerboard where they didn't even have to hit every skill every day or every meal, you know? Like, like the trick is they're, they're, they're practicing, and like the more they practice, the better they get. And it, it seems really silly, but it, it's that simple. It's, it's entirely just that simple. And that's another thing. That's not a conversation that we have to have over and over and over again. Cause a lot of times people will just like take the skills and try and make those roles. And so I keep trying to bring it back to other things they've learned. I try and bring it back to like, okay, kettlebell swings. You practice kettlebell swings three times a week. Did you get better? They're like, oh yeah, totally. Did you not get better because you didn't practice them four times a week? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, as long as you get reps in, you, you get better. And, like, and then bring it back to things like if they've got kids. I'm like, have your kids learned to play any instruments? I'm like, yeah. Do they get any notes wrong? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. If they keep practicing, do they get less notes wrong? Yeah. yeah. It, if they had to be perfect from go, it never would have worked. And, and so... I, I, I like to try and find metaphors of anything else that people have ever learned in their lives because um, it's all the same. And yet we treat food like it's something completely different. Yeah. So I interview a lot of like functional medicine practitioners on the show and, and yeah. doctors and people that work with clients at a more clinical level. And, you know, I'm curious what, uh, as far as you know, like when you see clients and, and I'll just, let's just talk about weight loss in general, because I think we have the tendency to make things like the more information we have, the, the tendency we have to make things more complicated than it needs to be. Right. Yeah. And so, right. We have a client and they come in they're like, they say, I've tried everything to lose weight and I, I dieted and I've done this and I'm taking these supplements and my doctor says I have thyroid issues and in your experience, and, and then, you know, we want to say, oh, well, it's adrenal fatigue issues and there's detoxification issues and gut health. And, and I'm not saying that's not necessarily the case, but in your experience, as it pertains to weight loss in general for most people, would you be willing to say, you know, that, that weight loss in general is, is really just kind of fundamentally poor habits versus how frequently would you experience a situation where like medically... Um, you know, like someone is, is legitimately having weight loss issues because of some medical issue. Um, I, in my experience, that's been pretty rare, you know, like, like usually it's a quantity of food issue. Most of the medical issues that people have, um, it doesn't change the, the fundamentals of weight loss. It just makes it harder. You know, like it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, it's, it's not fair and it could be slower and it could be, you know, like, like there's a lot of different things. People, I mean, I've had clients with type one diabetes and, you know, like mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of things that can make it harder, but, um, but none of it changes the fact that we're, we, we probably need to eat less 
and we need to work on the skills that will make it so you'll be more satisfied with less food. That's what most of these skills actually are. I, I actually look at it from the other perspective where I look at it like the habits that most of America has actually makes them way more, makes people way hungrier than they need to be. And if we literally just flip those, people are actually satisfied a lot less. Um, but usually it's, uh, but it's, it's, but it's still all the same thing. If I need to refer out, I totally will. I referred out, I refer out to uh, registered, registered dietitians. Or I have referred out to registered dietitians all the time. It's nice having Georgie on staff, you know? Um, and I definitely love it when people go and work with their, um, with uh, whatever, like the bigger team of like health, fitness and medical professionals we can have, the better. Um, most of the time, when I've had clients that were sure that they had some sort of medical issue that was like the ultimate roadblock, uh, it, it wasn't like either everything came back normal or it came back like, Oh yeah, you've got a little thyroid issue and you know, this medication or, or, or whatever. And, um, and then we go from there. So if, if people have a concern that they do need to see a medical professional, they totally should. And they totally should rule that out. And, um, and a lot of it just comes back to the quantity of food also. And a lot of these things also get better with, with you know, like losing 40 pounds. Totally. You know? So with that said, and just for if, if, if people may not necessarily be following along or, or may be confused about food in general, quantity of food in general, could you talk to sort of the, the, the hierarchy of, of quantity, quality, and, and kind of ratios of food right? <laughs> and the importance levels. Yeah. Uh, so number one is going to be quantity of food, right? Your quantity of food is your scale weight flat. There's nothing else. We, I was just like putting, <laughs> just put together um, like 11 different meta-analysis on that to dump as a comment on someone's horrible Facebook <laughs> post. <laughs> They're like, no, oh, you know, you got to eat organic only to lose yeah. weight. And, I, and, and so like, and it's not that quality doesn't matter. Like quality is great for health. I think quality is a really important thing for health. I think that's cool. And I think quality really makes a difference for fullness. I think, I think quality can really make a difference for fullness, which ultimately influences quantity, which if you look at a diet that's primarily talking about quality, what they're hoping is that the quality will, will make you more full and that will influence quantity. Um, ratios are kind of the same thing where, uh, everyone's probably got a ratio that's going to have them feel the most full and that might be kind of individual and that's, and that's okay. Um, I think it's a good idea to probably start with pretty balanced, you know, yeah. um, and work from there and find out like, like maybe ratio is a little bit different. A lot of times people, a lot of times people actually feel more full with a little more protein. Like I've got a lot of clients that, um, that'll come to me that just aren't eating much protein or not consistently at meals. And so like upping that can, can make a difference. Um, the ratio of carbohydrates to fat, like, like I said, that could be kind of individual, but, but people are going to want to find some sort of a balance and it's probably gonna be close ish. Um, that has them feel more full. And like, if we can adjust those things that they feel more full, everything's so much easier, you know? Mm-hmm. And then vegetables are like the, the magic. I've, I've got a client that said that vegetables were his cheat code, where if someone had told him that like adding vegetables to meals would make him that much more full, <laughs> he's like, it changes everything. Um, so, uh, so yeah, did, did I answer that? Or was that too like glossed over? No, you definitely <laughs> answered it. And, and for clarity, you guys have developed all of these skills, which in essence, it's helping people create more awareness around their eating, but, but really it's helping people eat less at the end of the day. And that's where the quantity of food matters most for weight loss is like, Hey, like, look, I don't care if it's paleo or organic or keto or whatever the type of food is, what paradigm it fits into is like, if you're eating more calories than you're expending at the end of the day, you're going to gain weight. Like, yep. That's just, that's just how, you know, it's uh, the only thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. And then we're more effectively managing the quantity of food that we're eating. Okay. Now, cool. Like let's eat better quality food for sure. Yeah. More nutrient dense food, more fiber. Yes, of course. And yeah. then, 
And then like, okay, now we should probably tap into where those ratios are of protein, carbs, and fats. And so that you can better manage those calories, feel better between meals, have, you know, and figure out what works best for you in terms of protein, carbs, fats, which do you need more of? It, It makes perfect sense. And I just wanted to hash that out a little bit. So everyone's very clear about where we're going with that, because this isn't just like some woo woo, like, yeah, we practice skills. Like these are skills that fundamentally are helping people control the, the volume of food that they're eating. Yeah. The, so when it, when it really comes, and it's, I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of times it does get lost in the, in the shuffle. Um, like, no, really all these skills are skills that are going to make you more full and satisfied so that you eat less calories. <laughs> that's, that's the game we're playing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's as seemingly simple as that, but then the beauty and what I appreciate the most about our discussion and um, your writings is the psychology of it, because that's something that most coaches don't get into or don't have the education. I certainly don't have the education or experience to get into it, but it's really a major limiting factor for people. And so. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll throw out there to any coaches that are listening, um, that want, they're like, what would be a good start there? I would say, take a look at self-determination theory. Self-determination theory is, um, we've got about like 45 years of, of, uh, of research into intrinsic motivation and like this, like continuum of different kinds of motivation. And if I was going to give someone like the, like the, the, two minute overview. It's the people generally motivate themselves when they feel um, like they've got autonomy and relatedness and competence. And um, most trainers are really good at building competence in the gym. I see them sometimes inadvertently um, like kind of like make fun of their clients, like food choices. And that, that of course diminishes their, their perceived competence, which is really bad. You, you actually want to focus on the skills that they're building and build them up. Relatedness is like how, how well you connect with them. There's another thing that I think a lot of trainers think they do and they actually do really terribly. Um, like you can get really related with a client who has like, you mentioned like some, some cake and, and you're like, Oh yeah. What, what kind of cake was it? I love cake. Yeah. You know? And they're like, wait, you're a human too, or like you can have cake and like this stuff can work. Um, and then the autonomy is another piece that's really powerful. And a lot of times when people think autonomy, they think choice. Um, and it is, it can be choice, but it can also be like doing things that are in line with a person's values. So, and that's one of those things where um, we listen and try and pick out our clients' values in their speaking. And, and also we try and give them choices. So it's, it's one of those things where like, here's, here's three skills that I think would make a difference for you. Which one do you think would, okay. And then how much and, and like giving them, giving, man, just give them some ownership of their program, like create it with them. And, and if you just do that, you've got a big chunk of what all that literature is, is kind of pointing towards. Yeah. I love it. I'm definitely going to dig into that. Uh, and, and check it out. So I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, Josh, where, can people find more about you and what, what sort of coaching programs are you guys offering? All right. We're at one by one nutrition.com and our biggest and best things that we do, the places where we really shine are our phone coaching and our uh, email coaching programs. And so um, phone coaching is particularly awesome if you're dealing with any kind of stress eating or emotional eating or even binge eating, if you have any of those kinds of issues, or if you, if a person's, um, you know, crash and burn on a lot of diets before and they want something really custom, they really want to, um, dive into would, would make something work in their life. Um, email coaching is great. Same thing, but, um, obviously you're gonna have to be like a little bit more of a do it yourselfer. We've got a group coaching program where it's like lightly coached. It's mostly, it's mostly do it yourself. Um, and then we also have a free program. So like, all of our skills, we, we designed an entire curriculum of our skills with video lessons, um, written lessons, audio lessons, all of the research that backs up why, why that skill works and how to implement it and all the different things. We developed it for our clients internally. And uh, about three months ago, 
Roland actually convinced the rest of us to give it all away for free. So we give away our entire system because our assumption is that um, uh, most people that like essentially if people can afford coaching, they're probably going to get coaching and just have mm-hmm. someone like, like sort help them like guide them through and sort it out. And if people can't afford coaching, they should have it for free and like, it'll, it'll take more time to navigate it themselves, but like they should have it. Like they should have it all. Yeah. But it was, but I think it's genius because most people need the accountability and the guidance. It's like, great. I have all this amazing. I mean, we know how it is. We have all this amazing yeah. information, but you need someone to provide the roadmap. It like, helps. It helps a lot. And then you have, and then you're empowered to like, okay, cool. He said to start here. And so now I know at least yeah. more of a direction, man. Awesome. Uh, Josh, I really appreciate you and your time. And, and like I said, uh, when I read um, your book and Georgie's book, um, let's see, what's George's book? Lean Habits for Lean Lifelong habits. Weight Loss. Yeah, Lean Habits for Lifelong Weight Loss. And your book is uh, Fat Loss Happens on Monday. And um, you guys have amazing info over at OneByOneNutrition.com. But like I said, it really opened up a whole new realm of of possibilities for my coaching and helped get me get much better results with my clients in a, Thanks, man. In a very effective way. So I appreciate that and appreciate everything you're doing in our industry. And uh, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a pleasure and uh, we'll have to connect again soon. For sure. This is great. All right, buddy. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks, dude. See ya. All right, thanks. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple podcast. If you did, then go ahead and like and subscribe below. And if you're listening on iTunes, then make sure you subscribe to our channel. And if you love the content that we're putting out there, then leave us a five-star review. It's really the best way that you can support us in our mission to get the best quality strength, nutrition, fitness, and supplement information out there so that we can help more people. We appreciate you. Please continue to listen. And again, like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and your time and catch you on the other side.